Can he send the Giants to the Super Bowl? The kick is good, and the Giants are going to the Super Bowl. Lawrence Tynes is the only player in NFL history to have two overtime game-winning field goals in the playoffs. Two-time Super Bowl champion and friend of the show because he's been on WCCL before. And he's joining us now on the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline because the opponent this weekend for the Minnesota Vikings is the New York Giants. Hey, Lawrence, man, it's been a while since we chatted. How you doing, my friend? Sure it has. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man, always happy to have you on and clearly had to have you on this week, right? Of all the weeks, we're talking about playoffs, postseason. It's your Giants. It's my Vikings here at U.S. Bank Stadium. I guess the first thing that I want to ask you about the the Giants, because I want to get your perspective on on their season, is um, how would you best describe this collection, this group of New York Giants this season, uh, an organization which a lot of people didn't really know um, what they were going to be this year with a new head coach and a new regime. What do you make of the the New York Giants season this year? Yeah, it's been a, you know a really fast start. You know they got out to a seven and two start, and then they finished you know two five and one down the stretch. They've had some untimely injuries, just like every team has. But you know they've got guys from the streets that weren't even on this roster until. September, October, playing significant minutes. Half that secondary in the first game against that Vikings, which was a great game. Uh, two of those guys weren't even on the team uh, to start the season. Obviously, Xavier McKinney, the starting safety, and Dory Jackson were not playing. So um, they're scrappy, man. They're scrappy. They don't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, Brian Dable's an unbelievable football coach. Joe Shane has done a really nice job as the GM with the roster. So. You know, they're just they're they're in the tournament. I, I think anything can happen. What what do you how would you describe uh Coach Dable? Because he seems to me, and I've never met him, um, but I was at the uh the Giants game earlier this year. The you know, he, he just seems like a player's coach. He seems like the type of guy that in the locker room that guys are gonna rally around him because he seems like he's got quite the personality as well. Oh, yeah. You know, it's easy for, uh, you know, at the podium, he is pretty buttoned up in terms of, you know, short answers, nothing. He doesn't, he's nothing too telling. He doesn't reveal a whole lot. But, you know, you see the Giants, you know, I do a show for the Giants twice a week, and you kind of see the inside of the locker room after wins. I mean, it's nothing for him to start quoting Biggie or Tupac. So he, he is cool, man. The guys love him. They love playing for him. And he's an outstanding coach. He's been around some really good coaches obviously with Belichick and Nick Saban I mean he's I think he's part of six Super Bowls and a national championship so he knows he knows what it takes to win we're talking a two-time Super Bowl champion Lawrence Tynes here on the Lake Show on Newstalk 830 WCCO uh, give him a follow on Twitter at LT4Kicks on Twitter.com all right so the Vikings are favored in this matchup by three points I realistically, as much as, look, I'm here in Minneapolis, I'm from Minnesota, um, I'll be at the game on Sunday, and I do think that the Vikings should be slightly favored. I look at it like this, man. This is realistically a pick because I was impressed with what yeah. I saw out of the Giants um, earlier in the year when they faced the Vikings here at U.S. Bank Stadium, and now they're going to run it back. But one of the things that I like about the Giants, okay, is, and I've been a uh, Saquon Barkley fan for, you know, going back to when he was at Penn State. 
But you could tell that coming off of the torn ACL, that he had to mentally get over the hurdle of of getting back on the field and, and just trying to, you know, get reacclimated to being out there and having confidence in the knee. I think that the confidence is back, man, because he looked good the, the last time we played him. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Henry. He he struggled, you know, for two years. He he had the ACL, and then he got an ankle in the middle of the season on a fluky, just running back to the sideline. He stepped on somebody's foot and rolled his ankle last year in Dallas, and he was never the same guy. So it is really good to see a healthy Saquon. I think it's good for the league. He's a great young man. Uh, you know, his contract is up. That's something they'll deal with at the end of the season. Uh, Daniel Jones' contract is up. But, yeah, Saquon. You know, it's funny. They've won games without him, but I think they're going to have to rely on him on, on Sunday. There's no question. All right, so do you think that the recipe in the postseason is still, you know, being solid on defense and being able to run the football? Because, look, you, you've been in the wars, man. You've, you've got the rings to show it. And, and we played the soundbite earlier leading into the uh, to the segment of you uh, kicking the game-winning field goal in that that game that we all love here in Minnesota when you, when you knocked out the Packers years ago. But uh, yeah. do, do you think that's still the recipe for success in the National Football League? It is. I was having a flashback. So I thought you were playing Greg Joseph 61-yarder to beat my Giants uh, <laughs> about three weeks ago, which was a hell of a kick, by the way. Um, it is the recipe for, for success. I know it's a pass-happy league, and it, it has been that way for the last 10 years. But I think six of the seven games last year in the first round of the playoffs – went to the teams who ran the ball the best. And I think, obviously, if I'm, the, if I'm the Vikings, I am running the football. I know you're banged up a little bit on the offensive line, but I'm running the football because you have an elite running back back there, and for some reason they just like to air it out all over the yard. I would run the ball. The Giants stink against the run. They really do. If you look at their numbers, they're not very good against the run. They do button up in the red zone, so that's they're a top two or three defense in the red zone, so they give up a lot of field goals. But I'm telling you what, if Dalvin Cook was my running back, I'm giving him 25 carries on Sunday. Hey, Lawrence, what is your confidence level in Daniel Jones? I love him. I love him. I, uh, You know, he's been dealt a, a tough hand, right? This is his uh, fourth coordinator or third coordinator in four years. He's never complained. He's never blinked. Um he, you saw what he could be this year, and I just can't wait to see him next year with Dable in year two. He's never had a coordinator for two years. Actually, he had Shermer. Uh, but just really bad surrounding cast, you know. If, and this Giants team doesn't have any brand names at receiver. Um, they're just getting by with grit. You know, it, it runs through Daniel Jones and, and Saquon Barkley. Yeah, we're talking to Lawrence Times here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO, courtesy of the John Schuster Coal Banker Hotline. And I guess, you know, Lawrence, I've, you know, you do the uh, the giant shows a couple of weeks. What is your perspective or maybe your view of the Minnesota Vikings or how do Giants fans view the Minnesota Vikings? You know, just reading the tea leaves and, and my Twitter timeline, I don't like that a lot of people are picking the Giants to go into that stadium, which we know is going to be rocking on Sunday and beat a team that's 13 and four. I just, I just don't like it. I don't like how that feels. I, I, I'm sure the Vikings don't like it. Um, they're a scrappy team. Listen, if you think about it, 13 games is hard to win. I don't care if they're about half a point or, you know, they're making a big deal about these 11 one score games. That is a good football team. That means they know how to win. They know how to make plays like they did against the Giants in overtime and kick the 61 yard field goal. They know what it takes to win. So that to me is a dangerous team. I, 
you know, I, I think there's some some overconfidence, if you will, in Giants Nation. You know, one of the things that's interesting to me is, and you mentioned it, um, you're healthier now, right? Like your secondary is 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 healthier. Returning some guys. Look, at the end of the day, I believe, and and, and look, I don't know if 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 most people will agree with me on this, but clearly, I think that most people would agree that Justin Jefferson is one of the best wideouts in the National Football League. I actually think that he's the best. What is your perception? What is your view of Justin Jefferson, just as a you know, as a, as a former NFL player, watching what he does on Sundays? He's unbelievable. He, you know, it's a coin flip. I think it's him and his old teammate, Jamar Chase, right? Those two guys are young. They're exciting. Uh, they play the game the right way. They're not crazy flamboyant. They don't, you know, they, they I, I like both those kids. They're great players. Justin Jefferson is elite. I mean, that catch he made in Buffalo, he oh. had 100, 100. I mean, that was crazy. Unbelievable. And then he, he just, you know, he'll go up. He can, he can, he can run every route. He can make any catch. He's going to get his yards. I think the Giants understand that. You're never going to shut a, shut down a player of his caliber. You just have to eliminate what Hawkinson did last game and then worry about Dalvin Cook because I don't know why they don't feature him more. I, to me, he's a top two or three running back in the NFL. I just, I don't, I've never understood why they get so pass-happy when they have him. All right, the final thing for you, and then we'll let you go. Uh, simple question. The Giants win this game on Sunday and move on if they do what? Uh, they can't turn the ball over. You know, that was the difference in the game last time. They had two turnovers, uh, dropped some interceptions. You know, Cordell Flott had one in his hands. He let go. And then, uh, obviously, uh, Fabian Moreau had a P.I. and a pick that was overturned. So, if they don't turn the ball over, you know, the Giants don't make a lot of mistakes. That's, what, that's, how they, that's the way they survive. So, I think if they can – can do that, they'll, they'll have a chance to win on Sunday. Give them a follow on Twitter at LT4Kicks. It's Lawrence Times joining us here on The Lake Show. Hey, Lawrence, man, always a pleasure to have you on the show, my man. You bet. Yeah, I can't wait to see you, and you guys enjoy the game Sunday. All right, take care. That's Lawrence Times joining us here on The Lake Show on The Good Neighbor News Talk, A3OWCCO. And one of the things that I love about his Twitter account is that uh, not only does it mention that he's a two-time Super Bowl champion with the Giants, that's awesome, um, that he's an MMA junkie. That's awesome. He's a golf addict. But guess where it shows or it says that he resides? <laughs> uh, yeah, Lambeau I, Field, I baby! It. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. I, I love it, Lawrence. I love the troll job there. It's, it was, I mean... I couldn't not giggle when you started to bring because I'm like, where's Lake going with this? And then I'm like, okay, yeah, I got you. This is awesome. You can't can't look at his Twitter account and hear him talk and not like him and just think that he's – he just seems like a cool dude. He is a good dude. All right, so we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get to a scoreboard. And this one's going to be extremely interesting scoreboard because the Gophers are in action on the road against Ohio State. We get to that next year. On the Lake Show. All right, welcome back to the Lake Show. News Talk 830 WCCO. Thanks again to Lawrence Tynes for being on the show this evening. But I don't want to waste any time, man, because I'm a little bit I'm I'm nervous right now. I'm hoping that uh we get some good news here in the next couple of minutes, but let's get to it. Let's get to a scoreboard here on the uh on the show. All right. Well, I assume the game that you're talking about is the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers. Yes. Gophers are looking for their first Big Ten win of the year, 
and 40 seconds remaining in the second half right now in Columbus. They have a 66-62 to 62 lead over Ohio State. Again, Minnesota, the only winless team in conference. <sighs> looking to break that two-game losing streak. And uh, this would be the third consecutive loss for Ohio State. I hope so. We got to make our free throws, man. Dawson Garcia's having a monster evening. I got to give him a lot of props. Um, I've been a little bit of a... Critic? Yeah, absolutely. No question. Because we were told and sold that he was going to be this this big difference maker. He was the next big thing. He's not been a big difference maker. And so, and I'm not taking shots at Dawson Garcia, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying, like, let's get this let's get this home baby mm-hmm. let's knock down these free throws and he's he just made the first of two so let's uh let's let's get him home man 67 62 right now yeah right now uh Dawson Garcia 26 on the night massive a, game five point lead yeah best game as a gopher and I missed, not, missed the second one so we'll keep he's an missed eye a on. couple here let's uh, get to the NHL right now they are at the first intermission in Long Island and the Minnesota wild right now they are trailing the New York Islanders, one to nothing. Again, at the uh, first intermission, those two teams very evenly matched up. Uh, other games in the NHL tonight, H. Lake, the Kraken shutting out the Bruins, one to nothing. The but, Kraken stay hot. I mean, jump on that Kraken bandwagon, I guess. I mean, you know, Hammer's driving it. Release the Kraken. Release the Kraken. I, does this mean, I should ask him, does this mean he's not a Red Wings fan anymore? Because he loves the Red Wings. Yeah, we should get uh, – I mean, you yeah, can't have two I'll of them. I'll text him. I'll text him in the, in the commercial. I, I mean, you know, let's go. Hey, the Jets and the Sabres are tied at one. Seven and a half minutes left to go in the second period there. Hurricanes doubling up the Blue Jackets halfway through the second there. Two to one. Red Wings over the Maple Leafs. Same score. Seven minutes left to go in the second period. Predators, Canadians tied at two halfway through the second period there. Scoreless at the Garden between the Rangers and the Stars. Second period. 2-2 Canucks and the Lightning. Um, we got the Flames and the Blues are scoreless halfway through the first period there. Avalanche Blackhawks. Avalanche have struggled a little bit considering the preseason expectations. They are in Chicago. Coyotes hosting the Senators. The Golden Knights hosting the Florida Panthers tonight in Sin City. Let's get to some NBA here as we're still keeping an eye on that gopher game. Just or what just underway in the third quarter. Thunder up on the Sixers, 67-64. Mm, up on the Sixers, you said? Yeah. Wow. Okay. By three up. James Harden, 20 point, 19 points, nine assists. Uh, he'll have that double-double in no time. He's really been uh, – the assist numbers have been a lot higher for James Harden uh, over the last three weeks or so, and I think that's one of the reasons why the Sixers have played well. He's not playing that hero ball. Shy Gilders alexander 17 for the Thunder. At the halftime – Barclays Center Celtics over the next uh, 60 to 57. Ben Simmons, 10 assists in that game. Jason Tatum, 14 points, six boards for the Celtics. Two minutes left to go in the first half in Miami. Bucks up on the Heat, 41 38. Uh, Javon Carter, 12 points, three steals coming off the bench for the Milwaukee Bucks. Gabe Vincent, 13 points for the Heat. The Raptors up on the Hornets by 11, 61 to 50. Uh, Scotty Barnes, 10 points in that game for the Raptors. And, uh, Scotty Barnes. Yeah, Lamella Ball, 15 points for the Hornets. Mavericks and the Lakers later on tonight. The that Lake is, Show. Yeah, that is a nationally televised game. I know that's going to be surprising with uh, LeBron and Luka. And then you've got the surprising Cleveland Cavaliers 
still, I mean, they're nine games over 500. They're taking on Dame Lillard and the Trailblazers. Who's surprising? I think the, the Cavaliers just. No, continue. absolutely not. You don't think so? They got Donovan Mitchell. I know. Donovan Mitchell, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Darius Garland. No, they're not surprised. I, to me, they're one of the teams that could come out of the East. I just think when I, I mean, going into the preseason, I mean, yeah, I would have thought the Celtics and the Nets and the Bucks and the Sixers. To, to me, it's like the Cavaliers. Cleveland's are, got all stars, man. I mean, Cleveland to me, I don't know, maybe they've just, they've. I wasn't expecting them to be a, a top five team at this point. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Anything less than that is mm-hmm. underachieving. Like, yeah, no, Cleveland's like good head coach. Yeah. Star in Donovan Mitchell, another all star, Darius Garland. And Jared Allen made the all star. I mean, you know, they're they're expected to do yeah, they're expected to do yeah, well. Yeah, I mean they've got you know, they've got talent. I just I didn't think they would be in that, you know, I didn't think they'd be in the conversation. In four guy, four games rather behind Boston in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. So yeah, but I mean, it, I'm not discounting what they're doing. I just I'm a, I'm a little surprised anyway that uh, you know they're 26 and 16, so they're 10 games over 500. I thought they were 25 and 16. I got you. All right, that's gonna wrap up the scoreboard. Coming up next, though, it's time for around the NFL. We do that next year on the Lake Show. Gophers win. My guy, Ben Johnson, with the dub. We didn't make it easy on ourselves, though. We tried to give the damn game away. Make your free throws. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. First Big Ten win this season. Awesome job, Ben. 70 to 67. That's the final score. All right, uh, maybe we'll revisit that a little bit later in the show. Plus, I got to get Ben on the show here lately. I haven't, I haven't talked to Ben in a while. I texted him a few weeks ago. But it's time for Around the NF. All right, well, let's get right to it in terms of the playoffs because we had one a couple nights ago, and that was a non-playoff version. So let's talk about the teams that are still playing. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let me talk to you. The biggest concern for the Vikings this weekend is what? Uh, I think the biggest concern for the Vikings, in my opinion, is our offensive line. Can we create holes for Dalvin Cook? Lawrence Sines mentioned that he believes that Dalvin Cook is one of the better running backs in the National Football League. And I think that's fair. We know that Kirk Cousins can be a really good quarterback when he has time and he doesn't have to, you know, do too much. Will this offensive line hold up? Because the Giants' defensive line is good. And now that they got guys back in their secondary, that means that maybe guys aren't initially Mm -hmm. that first look. Somebody's not open. Can the offensive line hold up? That's my biggest concern. I look at, can you contain Daniel Jones? People don't realize how good of a scrambler he is. Really athletic coming out of Duke. And and the Giants took a lot of crap for drafting him as high as they did. They didn't pick up that fifth-year option. But you saw the way that he runs that offense. Again, they will nickel and dime you and take all that underneath stuff. So with you, you know, running the ball, ball control. Yes. Because they're going to try to ball control us. Absolutely. They absolutely are going to try to do that. Yeah, and you give Daniel Jones time to scramble, 
He's going to hurt you. He's more athletic than what people think. No question. That that's his best attribute right now. Yeah. It's not his accuracy. No. It's 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 that he is mobile. Yeah. Like he uses his legs well. And I'm and look, he's still developing as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it's not all just on Daniel Jones because Lawrence Signs, what else did he say to us? How many different so coordinators? Many coordinators, coordinators yeah. Exactly. But no, he can absolutely beat you. Yeah, and, and I'll be very curious if the Giants decide that he's going to be their guy and re-sign him in the offseason. Or, or if he goes somewhere else, because I think he's shown that he's more than capable of handling an NFL offense. Okay, the biggest did that. The Vikings win if what happens? The Vikings win if the defense holds up. We cannot allow. We, we got to get three and outs. We cannot. We cannot allow the Giants to do this thing where they're controlling the clock and they're getting first down at the first down at the, because Saquon Barkley's running all over us. And that'll tear at your defense. Yeah, that, that's just a. It's just a snowball effect. Yep. That's so we can't have that happen. We we got we gotta when we when they get the ball. Yeah, if they get a first down, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But then you got to get them off the field, man. Yeah, yeah. You don't need three and outs, but yeah, you you can't have any of those long sustained seven or eight minute drives because those are going to kill you. All right, so I'm going to ask you flat out: Do the Vikings win this weekend? Yes, I think I think that the Vikings. When you look at both teams completely, I think we're the better team. And look, we're at home. Mm-hmm. If you can't beat the Giants at home after a 13 win season then you got some other issues. And I'm not saying that this that this team is a complete and finished product. Would it be a failure of a season if they don't beat the Giants this weekend? I don't think it'd be a failure, but it would absolutely be a missed opportunity without question. Okay. I, I wouldn't call it a failure because I didn't think that the Vikings were going to win the division. They won a division. Yeah. To me, they're playing with house money at this point. And, and I was talking with Paul Hodewanik a little bit. You know, does some great stuff for, you know, Purple Insider as well. And I know you're going to uh, talk to Matthew here at the top of the hour. But, you know, he said, too, he's like, got to win this weekend. It's like, you have to win this weekend. Giants are not that good. This is the best matchup that the Vikings are going to get. You have to win. And I guess, it, I mean, it's the playoffs. You, you know, have to win, I guess. So outside of the Vikings and the Giants, what game are you looking forward to the most? Um, which game of the weekend am I looking forward to the yeah. most? You, you got San Francisco hosting Seattle on Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Saturday night, you got the Chargers in Jacksonville. You've got the Dolphins and the Bills before the Vikings, and you got the Vikings hosting the Giants. Yep. Sunday night, you got the Ravens without Lamar Jackson in Cincinnati. And then Monday night, you got the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. I think it's the Monday night game. I think it's the Buccaneers in Dallas because I think that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, I think they upset the Dallas Cowboys. I know that Dallas is and it's the more weird. complete team. Yeah, and, and it's weird because the Buccaneers are at home being division champs, and the Cowboys got... Yeah, it's one of those weird years where you got a really bad team that gets home that, that gets the, uh, the home, yeah, home and, game. And the, and the Cowboys got beat badly by the Commanders. Dak hasn't looked good. But you're talking about Tom Brady and the Buccaneers not being a good team. That just sounds, it just sounds weird. To I me think to that Tampa that. wins. I do. I think that they win on Monday night. So that's the one that I'm most looking forward to. I can't wait for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers to come here next weekend then. Ooh, would that be the matchup? That would be the matchup if if Seattle beats San Francisco. Oh, yeah. No, that's not happening. Oh, that's happening. 
I'm going to will it to happen. I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to be, be messy. I, it's going to be ugly. I'd be willing to take the points. I mean, there, I mean, I think Seattle's getting 10. I, oh, yeah. I think they're getting 10. Okay. I, I thought it was double digits, but it could be. I know, it's going to be messy. It's going to be sloppy. Bowling shoe ugly. Give me a three. Bowling to, shoe ugly. Give me a three. What? Give me a what? three to two game. What's, oh what's yeah, that? bowling bowling shoe, shoe ugly. ugly. Have you ever seen any good looking bowling shoes? I rest my case. Oh, I have. Really? Clearly, yes. Uh, you and I must bowl in different alleys then, because <laughs> I've never seen. <laughs> never mind. That's a conversation for another day. All right. So we were talking about that. Which teams, if any, do pull the upside? Uh, upset. Seattle, San Francisco, Jacksonville. The Chargers, Miami, or Baltimore? Um, so I don't think that San Francisco is going to lose. Um, the Chargers are favored, right? They could lose, man. Mike Williams is questionable. Uh, Buffalo's not losing. I think Minnesota wins. I think Cincinnati wins. I mean, Tampa, they're underdogs. Yeah, Dallas is the favorite team. But I think that Jacksonville's got a shot. Jacksonville's... Jacksonville sneaky, and they've got a coach that's got a ring. Man, I, I just the Urban Meyer thing is that going to go down as one of the worst? Oh, it's the worst. In it is history? the worst. Uh, I mean, it's worse. It's the worst. I mean, the old ball coach was a joke, but <laughs> Urban Meyer. Urb. I know. Okay, so we know that with everything that's going on, the AFC Championship game, you know, depending on winning percentages and how that happens. If it's Kansas City and Buffalo, it's been confirmed that it, it is going to take place in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Is that location? Is that cool by you? Why not here? I mean, it might be closer for Kansas City. I just, to me, I think... That- is it just because we're in the postseason and maybe there's some other things that are playing out that would that you can't schedule that here? When we are still in the playoffs, I mean, maybe because the Falcons that, yeah. are, you know, I mean, because the Falcons are done. Yeah, but I mean, maybe they, could, they could have played in Detroit, uh, but maybe they want to show off that shiny new stadium in Atlanta that looks like a spaceship. I drove past it over Christmas. Oh, really? How is it? It looks nice. It looks nice. Yeah. yeah, it looks nice. A lot of bad football being played inside that building. I mean, I, mean, I haven't been inside. Professionally, I mean, I, <laughs> but I mean, it, it it looks badass. I definitely want to go. Okay. I want to go. Maybe they can uh, expense that. You can go cover the championship game in Atlanta. We'll see if the maybe I could do that. I, AFC. I think you should <laughs> AFC. Hey, NFC will be here. AFC got to have some representation, right? <laughs> All right. That's going to wrap up around the NFL. We got headlines. That's next year on the Light Show. This is breaking news from News Talk eight three zero WC. All right, we're going to get to headlines here, but we do have some breaking news, and it's uh, some tragic news. Um, the Associated Press is reporting out of Calabasas, California, that Lisa Marie Presley, um, singer and the only child of Elvis Presley, has died at the age of 54. Um, the quote from Priscilla Presley in a statement It is with a heavy heart that I must share the devastating news that my beautiful daughter, Lisa Marie has left us. She was the most passionate, strong, and loving woman I have ever known. Wow. Wow. And we were just looking at this an hour ago when the report was that 
Um, that she was doing better, right? Well, I mean, like, she was why, getting good I care. Well, the, the report that I saw said that she had had a heart attack and yeah. that she was she was getting good care. It didn't say that she was doing better. Um, but, wow. 54, man. Elvis Presley's only child. Yeah. And that's, wow. I mean, that's one of the, that's one of the legacies. Like, if you're a parent, your legacy is, your legacy is your kids. I mean, that's, that's just part, it's part of it. But yeah, just really. That's sad news. Man. Really, really sad. Really, really sad. Because that's, man, that's not much older than we are. Yeah. yeah. I'll speak for yourself. All right. All right. I'll speak for myself. <laughs> All right, like let's uh, go ahead and get to it. Minneapolis City Council members earlier today, they uh, vowed to craft new ordinances aimed at better protection ride shares who work for companies like Uber and Lyft. While examining rules for taxi cabs, some members expressed a desire to use that same opportunity to make sure ride share drivers had guaranteed minimum pay, increased safety standards, and expanded rights. Now, several ride share drivers rallied before today's meeting and supported new laws and also attended the meeting Quote, an Uber and Lyft call their drivers independent contractors, said Stephen Cooper, an attorney who spoke at the rally on behalf of several drivers, including one man who wore a shirt covered in blood, said he was a result of attack on him mm. while he was working. It's just, I've always been concerned about that. So let me ask you this. Since the pandemic, have you been – how do you utilize Lyft or Uber? Have you been utilizing Lyft or Uber? The only time that I have been utilizing – Lyft and Uber the last several years has been at NBA Summer League in Vegas. I haven't used it any other time. No, I haven't. I, I think the last time, honestly, I think the last time I used it was when I was up here covering the Super Bowl. I think oh, that was, it's been I, that long? Yeah, it's wow. been that long, yeah. Because wow. once we got up here, like I, I just haven't really traveled enough in terms of air where I couldn't use my car. A lot of the places I've gone to, I've been able to drive. So, yeah, and... You really feel bad for – it was a good idea in theory, the ride share, but you start to see there's a lot of warts, and there's a lot of concerns with that, and it's it's scary. It is, it's a scary, messy world out there. Hey, on Tuesday, the Phoenix Police Department arrested a man who allegedly stole the statue of a seven-year-old boy from outside the Make-A-Wish Foundation's headquarters. The statue is of a boy who inspired the creation of the organization – Christopher James Grykus. The man accused of stealing it, 32-year-old Troy Burke, was arrested on charges of theft, trafficking of stolen property and drugs, this according to jail records. Now, on January 3rd, the statue went missing after a car drove up, and two people got out and ripped it from the ground outside the foundation. Terrible. Now, Grykus's mother, Linda Pauling, spoke with Fox 10 TV in Phoenix about the theft shortly after the statue went missing, sharing what it means to her and urging the public to come forward with the information. After police arrested Burke, the statue was recovered, but images from the (gasps) Phoenix Police Department showed it had been sawed into smaller pieces. Burke allegedly took pieces of the statue to two scrapyards where he paid $180. This is what he He was. was, He was paid. He was paid $180. However, the statues were $25,000. Unbelievable. This This is awful, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it is it is gross. It is. It, it is just absolutely gross that somebody would take the statue from Make a Wish and turn. Like you have got to be a horrible human being to do that. And this person is. Yeah. Yeah. In the business of lemon lime sodas, do you like lemon lime sodas? 
or pop? I'm not a big. I'm not a big. Yeah, I'm more of a. I'm a pop guy. I call it pop. Okay, but yeah, I, I, I'll I take soda. Saying. I mean, whenever I'm down south, okay. soda. Okay, I, soda I, pop. I said, yeah, I said soda because that's the way that it was. Yeah, no, I get, I get that. But um, I, yeah, eh, I, I could take it or leave it. Okay, well, it's not. Put it like this: when we're talking about list of things in terms of like pops, yeah. The lemon lime is probably it's way down. Something you mix with booze. It's way down. Okay. Well, Pepsi is ditching the Sierra Mist in their latest effort to take on Sprite. Now the company's debuting a new pop called Starry, which will replace Sierra Mist. Mm. Now executives say despite twenty four years on the market, it never cut into Sprite sales because people saw it as an imitation of Sprite, which is owned by its rival Coca Cola. Now, Starry, they say, is a great-tasting soda bursting with lemon-lime flavor that delivers the crisp, refreshing bite consumers have long been uh, looking for. Using the tagline, Starry Hits Different, brings a new lemon-lime flavor to the mix for a consumer <laughs> who's simultaneously optimistic about their future and brings a sense of irreverence to uh, their everyday. i got to be Starry honest. Starry Hits Different. I don't think of uh, a simultaneously optimistic about the future when I'm drinking my pop. But nonetheless, it comes in regular and sugar-free versions and is now available in grocery and convenience stores nationwide. I'll, I'll sample it. I'll You'll try, try it? it. Yeah. Okay. I'll all try right. it. It's all good. Okay. I mean, if it tastes great, let's, feel let's do it. Oh, I mean, okay. I'll try anything once. What, what was it, freshman uh, year of for me in college? What was the name of the um, – Zima? Zima! Yeah. What you know about Zima, baby? Zima! I mean, that's what I've heard. Oh, you tried it. Huh? You were all about that Zima <laughs> I, life. I was living that Zima life up in Fargo. Are you kidding? Do they still make Zima? No. No, I think they stopped making it in like 1997 or something. Really? I think there were only two of us that were drinking it, you and me. Oh, it says discontinued in the U.S. in 2008. Oh. Discontinued in Japan in 2021. Mm. Wow. Look at those Japanese and their Zima. Good for them. All right, coming up next, Matthew Collar, Purple Insider. We talk to him next on The Lake Show.